0: So far and what a great speaker great message Um, Just love Pastor Gary and so we're glad you're with us today Uh, God is just doing some wonderful things we have wonderful things coming up here at TLC in October There's uh, our annual harvest party and we'll be announcing that coming up We usually pack out Lawrence Orchards for that um, Sunday afternoon evening and have a great time We'll give you the date and all of the stuff on that in the upcoming weeks ahead, so we're, we're excited. Do you know Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year? Isn't that something? Yeah. All the kids are like, I don't care as long as it comes, Christmas Eve. Um, and so w- what we're, I think we're going to do is we're going to have our Christmas Eve service on Sunday morning and then just let you have the day to enjoy your family's Christmas Eve, although I love Christmas Eve service. Um, And so, but we'll make it work. It's going to be great. We're asking some people to do some of the silly stuff we've asked them to do before. (laughs) That it was one of, I thought was just, I was laughing. I still, if I think about it, I laugh. And Ron and my son in law, Justin, were part of that. And I think Jesus was laughing when he saw it. So I'm pretty good that that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, good things are happening. We're glad you're with us. Uh, I want to talk to you about something today that seems like every one of us, if we are uh, being truthful, have to deal with this. Um, I don't know of anybody that's never had to deal with it. I really don't know of one person, Um, even the people that, you know, we just really admire. I I know Pastor Gary has dealt with this. I'm sure Brother Jerry Savell has dealt with this. I bet you Jesse has or whoever, you know, doesn't matter uh, if we're human we have to say no to the flesh and say yes to God. It isn't exempt. I mean, if you are breathing, you're going to have to deal with this. I want to talk about getting rid of or overcoming unbelief. How many have ever fought with unbelief? I have, and uh, sometimes you think you're good, and then smack wemo, You'll feel like, what happened? It seemed like I was so good, and now I'm struggling. So, you know, I don't know if you're here and you need a move of God in your life, and we've got to get unbelief out of the way. Some of us have been dealing with something maybe for a long time, and and just that song, you know, I don't see it, I don't feel it, but I know he's working. Just knowing that he is still working on the case brings comfort, should bring comfort to you. And so we want to talk about those. I want to give you three ways today that's going to make it fairly easy. For you to remember them on how to overcome or how to get rid of unbelief or to battle it and win. I like winning. How about you? For me, I'm very competitive. My wife is competitive and I'm competitive. If we, you know, back in the day we we did a lot of different things and we've had church picnics and everything. I have destroyed many a cell phone on a church picnic just by diving for volleyballs. And I don't know why I had the phone in my pocket, but you know, I, I just I'd break it or or something. But I I don't care if it was. We one one year we had a church volleyball team, not at TLC, but I was I wasn't even a a, a minister then. I mean, at least as a uh, preaching the gospel, so to speak. I was just a leader in the church, and they had a church volleyball co-ed team, and I was the captain of it. And so I was like, yes, and and sometimes. Our members couldn't be there due to job or sickness or whatever. And the other team would show up. I would be like, so it's, you know, five against one. I'm good. Let's go. They'd be like, no, I'd be like, yeah, I'm serious. Are you guys going to forfeit? And they're like, you got to have. I mean, I just I do not like to lose, but I've had to put that in a healthy way. So before we really get started, I forgot to say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us today. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, if I'm going to do what God wants me to do, I know he wins. He never loses. And I don't want to help the enemy in any way. I want want to stay on the winning side. I want to do the things that he wants me to do. If you need a move of God and, and there's some things that you're still waiting on, there could be something stopping it. It could be unbelief. And you might think, no, PB, that's not me. Sometimes I've said that to myself. I'm like, oh, I'm totally convinced, and then found out I really wasn't. So hopefully, uh, you know, we can help you this morning. Maybe you've got financial challenges that are big, and you don't know how to overcome it. Maybe you need a healing in your body, and you're believing God, and you're just like, I need this thing to manifest or to show up. Maybe there's a different situation. You seem like I pray about it over and over again but it still hasn't happened and so now I've got some doubt. Um, so why hasn't it happened yet? Matthew 17:20 says Jesus said to them, "Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you." Whenever we ask why we aren't seeing God's miracle working power, I'm just saying Jesus is saying there's something that it's not God that's got the short in the circuit. Something that we have maybe it's our mindset or maybe maybe there's a timing issue and it's just we're not trusting or or all of those things or it's just basically we're battling some unbelief. And that's not fun to hear. Nobody likes to hear that. You you know you're struggling with unbelief. Well, you don't know me. No, I don't. I'm just saying I don't know why it hasn't but according to the word something is stopping it whether it's it could be just timing may not be anything you're doing wrong you know Maddie could have been saying dad I want to drive at 11 you better thank God she never drove at 11 (laughs) you know because she's not ready she can want that all she wants but the timing was off so I get that there are some things that deal with timing but unbelief is not the will of God and that's what causes so much defeat in the life of believers It's not that we don't want to believe. We want to believe. But we haven't learned how to stop it. How do I stop this unbelief thing? And I'm telling you, I don't care how old you are, how long you've been in ministry. The enemy still, he never, he's not going to just leave you alone forever. You'd love to think that, wouldn't you? But he doesn't. How do we get the the tiniest bit? You know, maybe there's a lot in some and maybe not so much in others. I know. I don't know. But sometimes we don't even know it's there until we take a closer look. My wife is a detailed person. She's detailed. I mean, guys and girls are very different. Can somebody say amen? (laughs) She'll be saying like, I need you to clean the kitchen. I'm going to clean this because our house is for sale right now. So, you know, if we got to show the house, it has to be. Well, her and my. Now mine is getting a lot closer to hers because I don't have to do it three times. Because she'll be like, no, this got to be this. You don't have to do that. Yes, I do. Because for her, she needs to listen to me. She needs to know. You need to know that God is for you. So her clean and mine, like I'll be like, hey, that looks pretty clean. But if she takes a closer look, there'll be stuff I never saw that's there. But she saw it. Is there anybody else detailed like that? You walk into a house and you can pick a house apart. You know, they didn't line those up right. We just did that the other day. We went into a house and before I could say anything, Kim and Justin are already doctors. Operators, they're like, This is wrong. That's not good. We should know. They should never do that. This, you know, and all that. And it's not bad. They're just saying because they see details. If you don't know details, you don't look for those and you just go, As an overall thing, this is awesome. So we don't sometimes don't even know until we take a closer look. We just want to generally look at things and not see the details. You know, there's a man that went to. uh, the doctor for a checkup. So the nurse said, I've got to do these things, you know, to get your stats before the doctor sees you. How much do you weigh? He said, I weigh 150. He got on the scale, he weighed 180. She said, how tall are you? He said, I'm six foot. She measured him, he's 5'9". <laughs> she said, how's your blood pressure? He said, my blood pressure's great. She took it and it was elevated. She goes, it's it's high. And he goes, well, what do you expect? I came in here tall and thin and now I'm short and j- So <clears throat> oh, well. See. We have to learn how to overcome unbelief. When Jesus goes to his hometown, the Bible says he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This is Matthew 13, 54 and 58. Come to his own country, taught them in their synagogue, so they were astonished. And he said, where did this man get this wisdom and mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not his mother called Mary? Is his brothers James? and, And I don't know if that's Joseph or Jose. I don't know, so you can nail me on words. But Simon and Judas and his sister, they're not all with us. When did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him because they knew, they saw Jesus grow up. So they saw him, this is just, isn't this the kid that just lived down the street? Where would all this other stuff come from? That's what they're saying. But Jesus said, A prophet's not without honor except in his own country and his own house. And he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You need to understand, people don't always see things the way you see them. It's real important that you and I see things the way that God wants us to see them. So we are not lined up with the world system, but we're lined up with God's system. It's very important unbelief is believing something other than what god has said about a situation think about what i just said it's believing something other than what god has said there's situations you might get a bad report there might be something in front of you that says look you this bill is due and we're going to do this we'll shut you off or we'll do this and you're like okay and not saying okay in agreement with that but you're saying all right god this is not your will So you begin to seek God, and hopefully you were seeking him before that time. But we can believe certain things. We we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. We can believe he is our Lord. We can believe he's coming soon. But so many times we don't believe what he says. We like the fact that I know if he's coming again, I'm going to go. The rapture happens, I'm gone. I remember telling my little boys, we really get to fly like Superman? Yeah, if he comes while we're still here. Yeah, that's great. But we have to also walk out what he says. That's the details. That's not the I mean, the general. Yes, God is. We get it. But the details doing what he says. If we are not. We don't believe what he says. We are operating in unbelief. We can believe in him, but still not believe what he says. I believe. How many people I've talked to that said, I believe there's a God. So does the devil. There is a God. He knows that. But do you believe in what he stood for, in what he says, in what he represents, in what he did? Do you receive what all of those things mean? When we believe in God but don't believe what He says, the Bible calls that an evil heart, a hardened heart. Hebrews 3:12. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you uh, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So an unbelieving heart grieves God. So why is it so important that we believe? Mark 9:23. Jesus said, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes." Think of all the things, the stories in the Bible. They're all true. They weren't made up. These are accounts that really happened. And they've done studies to find out they found debris from Jericho to say how they ever figured this out. But the walls just collapsed. Well, yeah, that's how the Bible said. All of those stories are true. Because if you can believe, all things are possible. And that's where God wants you and I to live. The world lives in the possible. I have to see it to believe it. But in God's kingdom, we believe it, then we see it. It's only through Him and Him alone. There's nothing I could say, anything that I do that would bring glory to Him, it's because of Him. It is not because of me. Yes, I might be a servant. Yes, I might be used of him, but so can you. That's what sets people apart. You don't have to pretend to try to be... The world has a lot of the same stuff. They don't need more of that. They need something. They need answers. That's what they need. They need somebody that's that's just going to give answers. They need somebody that when they pray, they know God hears them, and they know what his will is, and so they work in that impossible where people are like, I, it doesn't matter to me if he says pray i'm going to pray and watch what god does fruit comes from that maybe you're like the man that cried out to the lord he said lord i believe but help my unbelief in other words he said i'm i'm doing my best i'm almost there but i mean there's times i'm just struggling of Mark says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to be somebody that doesn't waver. I'd love to tell you that I've never wavered. I can't tell you that. I'd like to keep the weeds out of the garden, the weeds of doubt out. Putting into action the three things I'm going to tell you this morning. Remember, when you pull weeds, we need to plant some flowers. So we can get these things out, but then we got to put the good stuff in. Our first one today. Overcome unbelief by knowing God's will. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Just keep God coming into your system. Ignorance is the devil's playground. If he can keep you from knowing what God's will is or getting into the word and knowing what belongs to you so that you can't take authority over it, he's going to do it. Lack of knowledge results in unbelief. The devil is right there to take advantage. He's happy to put sickness on you. He's happy to make you broke and depressed and a failure but you know what overrules him your authority in the word of God you have the trump card so then you can object to his claims I'm just telling you from experience that we just came back from vacation place we go every year we were there 10 days and right the day we leave I get attacked in my back Right now, if I'm being honest, it's painful, but it's not going to stop me because I'm not going to give in to symptoms. I went this whole vacation PK and I would be walking. She goes, well, you going to say I'm taking another walk. But she was helping me all along the way. She would be saying, all right, that can't stay. We're going to speak to that. We're going to talk. ...to the things that the enemy is trying to do. And I've had back issues in the past. It's been a long, you know, it's been a while... and ...but there have been times I have been put down for a week to ten days... ...sometimes two weeks. It's no fun. But I didn't know what I know now. And I was not about to be put down while I was on vacation... ...because if the enemy could have his way, he just wants to ruin your rest there should be a, I should do a message on ruining your rest. He just you know, he doesn't want you to have a good time. He doesn't want you to he wants to just attack you. But you can you can object to the claims. If you don't buy into what he's selling and stay right with the word of God. I had somebody tell me one time it's like getting a package. If you didn't send for it, don't sign to receive it. If The enemy's trying to deliver you something that goes different from the word of God. Don't sign for it. Maybe you're praying for healing today, and you're saying all the right words. Thank God, I believe I receive, but inside you're thinking, (coughs) why isn't he healing me? Even if you confess you believe you're healed, you can still stagger at the promises of God because you're believing what your body's telling you more than what the word is telling you. Now, I'm just telling you from experience. Circumstances speak loud. God has to be the loudest voice that you listen to. It's not like in your car, if something's going wrong, you just turn up the radio. Do you hear that? Not anymore. (laughs) You base everything on what the word says. And you tell everything to fall in line on that premise. Don't believe what your body's telling you. Believe what the word says. Your body will come into line with what you tell your body the word says. It has to obey. You are saved. Your your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's the soulless realm. Your mind, your will, and how you feel about it. We have to get that under the mind of Christ, his word, and what he says about it. Doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, how long you've been practicing the principles of faith, you can slip into unbelief about the promises of God, and and it costs you. Because you we just sometimes we get lax. How can I avoid it? Hebrews 4.11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. We have to walk it out. You have to walk it out. This faith doesn't just happen by osmosis. You have to put it out there. You have to believe it and put works with it. Put your hand with it. Hang on to the promises of God by faith day after day. Don't get casual about the word. If you do anything, i got to have my time. You know, my wife will say, like, you know, I haven't had my prayer time today. And, you know, if something happened in the morning or we got rushed for something, then she'll make sure that she gets that time. And we'll try to help to make sure she gets that time. I don't want you to think, oh, I've got all this down. I've got all this faith stuff down. I, I, know, I know how to receive my healing. See, what happens is sometimes then we take things for granted. We begin to think we're, we get pride involved in there. And we need to, just to say, Lord, what if God told you something different to do? Nothing that would be different from the word. It's always going to be according to the word. But what if, you know, hey, this is what I did last time. What if he said this time, do this? But if you never took the time to ask I am I have the t-shirt on just thinking I knew how God was gonna I'd ask God for stuff. I'd ask God for stuff for her And he'd always hear me he'd always do it And then something would go wrong and I'd be like God and he'd say "Well, you never let me finish Because if I would have listened I could have did the whole entire plan Instead of just, it's like being a kid. I, I love my grandson, Arrow. He's awesome. Hey, Potts, play with Buddy. Give me some MMs. He doesn't, there could be, okay, I want you to do this. If I said, all right, and I'm getting MMs, all he cares about is MMs. Really, whatever he has to do for it, that kind of, as long as he gets them in his mouth, they're gone down the hatch. We will talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I kind of do that with God sometimes. God will say, yeah, yeah, you can do this. And I'll be like, you gone. But he's in the middle of trying to explain something to me. But I never stayed around for the rest of the conversation. Had I done that, I'd save myself a lot of struggle. Samson was like that. He would just assume to go on like he did in the past. And it cost him. The disciples couldn't cast a demon out of the child and they felt defeated because they had done that before. They had went out. He had sent them out. And they said, why can't we cast this one out? Well, I mean, what is it? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. 19 and 20 of Matthew 17 why could we ca- we couldn't cast it out Jesus said because of your unbelief for assuredly I say to you if you have faith as a mustard seed You'll say this mountain move from here to here. It'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting and for years even in ministry. I thought This demon can't come out unless you fast. This is not what he's talking about You cannot fast a demon He was referring to the kind of unbelief. He was telling the disciples, something in you is not believing everything, and this is for you. You need to figure out what you are not getting. He was telling them, your answer is in yourself. There's something you're not getting. Circumstances might be speaking louder. There's a reason. Some, it's not, you're not believing totally. They didn't believe what he'd already said to them. Now I'm going to explain. Luke 9.1, he says, he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. They didn't believe it. If they would have believed it, the boy would have been free. So there's a fine line between belief and unbelief. And that's what we got to be aware of as well. God, just help me stay right in the center of your will. I want to receive all he has for me. Because sometimes there's the difference. It's just a fine line of having what he's told you to do and and receiving and then not. Here's a story about Kenneth Hagin. He learned the truth. He encountered a man healing. uh, He needed healing. He was at a meeting. The guy couldn't bend over. From the neck down, he was stiff as a board. And this is God. Now, listen, this is the story. God told Brother Hagan to lay hands on him and cast out the devil. So he laid hands on him and told him to see if he could bend over. The man couldn't. So he laid hands on him again. He still couldn't. So the man went and sat down. Brother Hagan turned around, and he saw a vision of Jesus standing right in front of him. Jesus said, I told you there's a devil there, and I told you in my name, cast him out. Brother Hagin's answer was, yes, sir, but he didn't go. Jesus said, I said he would. So the next time Brother Hagan laid hands on him, he didn't say, see if you can bend over. He told the man, bend over and touch your toes. And right down the man went, was able to do it. So here's the difference. I put that story in there because the small difference is in the belief. But the big difference is in the result. Perspective. The disciples tried to cast out the demon. They had forgotten what Jesus said. He gave them power, and they still had unbelief. They didn't remember. Oh, he told us that all power. He gave it to us for all demons. But they, because the circumstances, maybe it was different. This kid was louder. He's foaming. He's doing, throwing in the fire. And they're like, mm, this is kind of freaky deaky. But they still had unbelief. So perspective. Now listen to why I'm saying this. Perspective. Not your perspective. Perspective. God's perspective. I, I When I was going over this, and this he said, just drive this point home. It's not your, he's not checking with you. You're checking with him. It's not what you think. What does he think? And what's he telling you to do from his perspective? Jesus said, I said he'd go. Oh, okay. Well, if you said it, then, then he's got to go. Instead of, he's not going. Get rid of unbelief. Get rid of the what if, the yeah, but, and if it be thy will. His will is real plain. It's written. Get into the word until your hope gets Crisp and your expectancy gets strong and you start believing exactly what the word says you begin to expect the answers expect the glory to happen expect the fruit expect when you lay hands on the sick they'll recover expect when you go and they have a demon it got it has to leave because it's his will it's not my perspective it's his perspective everybody saw David as a shepherd boy God said no he's a king. You will see fruit if you expect it and you act on what God has told you. Point number two, overcome unbelief by rejecting fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, no fear. fear. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything continue to make your wants known to God. Philippians 4, 6, that's the amplified. So if you peel this onion back on unbelief, fear is the root. The basis of all unbelief is fear. If you don't deal with it, it will begin to work on your mind and you'll begin to question the word of God. The enemy did at the beginning just to get Eve. What did, God, did, did God say, have you ever felt like, what if I get this wrong? And I just took a test, a state test uh, to, to help do Forward Financial Group. I've done it for years and I let it expire and didn't think I was going to do it again. I get to do it again. Bless God. but You got to go take this state test. When I was practicing and believed, you know, have you ever heard where you, you, know, you get your first hunch and you go with that? And if you don't, you, know, you, you, know, you go back and change your answer. Many times when you change your answer, your first one was right. I can't tell you how many times that happened. I was just doing stuff, and I'd go, no, I don't, well, no, I don't think I'm going to change it. And I'd go and change an answer, not on the real test, but on just the practice ones I was doing. And I would have been right the first time. I'd had a real good score then. Because it was just the fear of what if. Did you know that it's impossible to worry and trust God at the same time? Worry is a form of unbelief. It causes us to doubt God's love and his ability to come through for us when we need him. I have people who will tell me, Brett, I can't meditate on the word. I just can't meditate one of their answers was there's always something to worry about. I said you can you can so meditate. No. No I can't. Yes you can. Can you worry? Oh yeah, I'm a real good worrier. Then you can meditate. Cuz that's what you're doing. Satan can put pressure on your finances that goes beyond what you've ever seen. I get that. We've all maybe been there. He can squeeze you over money and you want to say something you want to get out of agreement with the word. Have you ever felt like that? People want to, hey, let's go out. Let's all go out. And you're like, I know what that's going to cost. And so you have to be wise on how you answer that. Anybody can relate? Well, right now, we're just going to, but man, I appreciate the opportunity. We'd love to take a rain check. Because you're not really wanting to let them in on your situation. And you really don't have to. But you're trying to keep yourself in line. The very thing God told you to do, sometimes you feel like, I can't, I'm can't. i trying to get it done, and it's just, Lord, I, I, this, it's not happening. So sometimes people just think God just works for people in ministry. Can I say that all of you are in ministry? Now, I might be the one up here speaking today, but you're all ministers to your families, to your friends, to your coworkers. You're all preachers of the gospel. If you have an assignment for the kingdom, and you do, You're a minister. All doubt and unbelief and all pressure from it is fear-based. It is the devil's driving force. Fear will keep you from the promises of God even if you know what they are. But you have to believe in your heart, applied by your hand. Now, I'm just trying to be as honest as I can. I I mean, I, I don't have any other way to be. I used to really struggle with giving. I don't anymore, but I used to in the beginning because when Kim and I were married, we didn't, I mean, I was working five jobs and she was working one or two, one. And I I didn't know whether I was coming or going, but we were just trying to make ends meet. So you know what I'm saying? And and I had people and uh, there was, oh, you need to tithe. I'm like, you need to be quiet is what you need to be. And David uh, just, oh, you know, you need to tithe. And I, I remember coming to church, and I'm just telling you, this is where God started changing my, my mindset. I love, I love Romans 12, too, because it says God will help you change the way you think. And I had $10 in my wallet. Now, okay, but we didn't have any food. We were going to have, we were going to go. Actually, the the tank was on W for walk in the car. We were going to go to Walmart, everybody's grocery of choice, to get some uh, uh, West Virginia round steak, that's bologna, and a loaf of bread, and just see how many meals we could make out of that. We weren't going to tell anybody or any of that, and I had 10 bucks to put gas in the car and get lunch. And I'm in the service, and I remember feeling. This impression in my my conscience and in my heart, get the $10 out and put it in the plate. And I'm like, no. Get the $10 out and put it in the plate. Trust me. I trust you, but I ain't doing that. Do it again. Turn around and say something. If I ever said anything to her, do it. She'd say, do it. That's what happens when you, you get together with a godly woman. Just do it. She probably gave that to Nike. Just do it. But anyway, this is what I did. And I'm not joking. I don't have my wallet on me. I took my wallet out. I took $10. And that was back in the day where they, they passed those gold plates. You know? Never was a fan of those. And I took that out, and I just went, this is what I did. I threw it in there like that, face and all. I spit on you. You know, I just threw it in there and then sat back down. I went out and was going to the car. And I'm thinking, I don't even know how I'm going to get home. This is great. Got a wife and a baby. How am I going to get home? I'll be on the road. I don't know. And some gentleman came up to me. I don't know who he was. I just remember he had hair on the sides of his head and didn't have any hair on the top of his head. (laughs) Just telling you my story. And he came out and he said, sir, I said, yeah, turned around. and He said, want to shake your hand. And I said, OK. And so I took out my hand. I mean, I wasn't mean. So, you know, I was upset because I didn't have 10 bucks, but took out my hand and I put it in his. And there was something in his hand. And he said, the Lord told me to give you this specifically. I said, OK. And I had my hand clenched. I didn't know what it was. He just turned around, and walked away, never saw him again. I don't remember his name. It was ten dollars. And the Lord said something, and in, in, I could hear it in my mind and in my conscience, as he said, as soon as you give it away, I can get it back to you. And I thought, oh, man. And so I still had West Virginia round steak, and we had gas. But that, that stuck with me. And I'm just telling you, this is how God, he does things. and You, you just have to, I wasn't really operating In faith. I'm just I was just learning, and I still have a lot to learn. We went to Amish country. We would always go to Amish. We'd take the kids, and the kids what they hated was the drive. An hour and a half. But we took them and we just needed to get out of Dodge. You ever have that where you just want to get out of town? Just go somewhere, go somewhere different, do something. I don't care. Just go. So we did. And we didn't really think about it. We didn't think about the gas it would take to get us there. We didn't think about heaven. I don't think Maddie was born yet, was she? So we had three kids. How are we going to feed them? How are we going to feed them? And so I said, Lord, I need help. I need to be able to get home. What was on the ground? Was it the $10? Or was it $20? Yeah. I said, we just need, and this is what I asked. I said, "Just, just 20 bucks. I just need 20 minutes. You're going to think I'm nuts. But, I mean, now, these, there are people walking. Those are by that place that's Saul's, whatever that place is down there. There are people walking everywhere. We just park. I get out of the car, and I'm like, I don't even know why. What am I as a husband? You know, you, then the enemy just boom, 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 unbelief, boom, boom, beat me up, beat me up. And there on the ground is $20 just laying there going, ah! <laughs> and I'm like. There's 20 bucks and people are walking over it, stepping on it, walking over it. And I'm like, so I go over, I pick it up and I'm like, thank you, God. So we went to one of these restaurants and we told the boys the bread and the peanut butter's free. You better eat up. And I started figuring out how this faith thing worked. I started, he started showing me. Of course, then I wished I would have asked for more than 20 bucks, but I didn't. What I'm trying to get to you is it was just I I I needed to believe God for everything that he said and trust just in him. So let me just say this the Lord, we have to put our hand to it. So the Lord was grieved when the Israelites they had he delivered them out of Egypt. And how many times did they complain? And Moses would be like, you know, and then God would be these people. But it wasn't the other sins and all of that. You know, what grieved him was unbelief. They couldn't enter the promised land because they didn't believe. It's not because God didn't want them there. He did. It's not because they were unworthy. God would, he would atone for that. It's not because he was trying to teach them something. So he's not putting hardship or making bad things happen to teach them anything. It was because of unbelief. He said, go take the land. And only two out of the 12 spies said, we can take it. God had already done the rest. They said, we're we're like grasshoppers in their sight. That's what they think too. They decided already what the other people thought. So you and I have promises, and God is telling you, you can do these things. And some We've just said, no, I don't know, God, maybe somebody else. You might do it for PB. I'm telling you this morning, he's no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. I want to enter God's rest. I want to have things not move me. I don't want circumstances to move me. I want if the enemy comes and he attacks, he's going to get it. He's going to get it because then I'm, I'm up for it because Jesus in me is bigger than anything the devil has. So I can take it because God will make me victorious. I want the rest of God. I want to be able to just say, God, you got this. I want to be able to, to, to not have worry. I, I want to be able to not fight the way I do. I want to be able to just say, God, and call on his name, and as immediately I know he hears me. We have promises of being healed, promises of being prosperous in all things, whatever we put our hand to. I have to believe that because that's what he says. I have a promise that I can be the head, not the tail. I have a promise that I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a promise that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That is the promise. Do I believe it or do I not? Just know this. When you make a stand, when you stand and say, that's it. I am not doing this anymore. God, you said it. I believe it. I am taking the stand. When you take the stand, the enemy will come for the word. You need to understand what I'm saying. Because when you stand not on something that you made up, you're not standing on your word unless your word is just repeating what he said. You're standing on something that God gave you. And when you stand on that, the enemy's gonna come. You know the parable where immediately it says, when the word was sown and they received it, immediately he comes. So he's going to come. You know why? Because if you believe that word, you're dangerous. But if he can get you to doubt and to be in unbelief, I don't think, I think God would heal everybody, but he won't heal me. That is a lie. He is the father of lies. That is from the enemy. You don't You No, this is what he said. This is what I declare. I am healed in Jesus name. First Peter 2 24 by his stripes. I was healed. It's already past tense. Jesus has already done it. I just have to receive it. So when I make a stand, I stand on the word. I believe it. I say it. I act on it. I will not be moved from it. He'll try to get you to not believe it. See, it's not happening. It's not, don't listen to that. When I was growing up, my, my sister, if I was saying something she didn't like, she'd go, or I was getting sick or anything, she'd go into her closet, put her fingers in here, and go, "No, no, 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 no," you know, because if you can't hear it, you know, it's just not happening. <laughs> you have to just say, "Look, I am not going to. I will not put up with anything that is not." God, I'm not going to put up with the lies of the enemy, period. Because if you tolerate it, you'll deal with it. Unbelief in the form of fear will block things every time. You have to. He's just going to try to get you to not believe. And the antidote for fear is belief. Faith cancels fear. Did you know that? I believe it is the people that stand in the gap of the impossible that see the fruit of God and you've heard the story when I'm laying on a table in 2020 and your husband's having a heart attack and you know I remember I remember laying there I remember everything going on I remember moving my head back and forth because of the pressure I was feeling and All that, and they they let Kim in. They wouldn't let her in right away. Bless their hearts. But you can't can't keep that five foot or 4'11", depending on how her hair is. She's coming in. She'll bring her golden lasso or whatever it takes. She's coming in. That means she's Wonder Woman, just so you know. (laughs) They were in there. She didn't care how many nurses and stuff. Doctors were in there, and they were, you know, whatever they are doing. And she just starts speaking in tongues, and she starts declaring boldly, "You Death, you get out of here. You, you will not take my husband. He will not die. And she began to declare and say things. I mean, and people it doesn't matter. She, at this point, she cares not what they think. She doesn't care. She's like, I am, I am standing. Now, listen to what I'm saying. She's standing perspective on not what circumstances are saying. They're getting those things ready in case, you know, clear. I got enough charge in me anyway. They don't need that. But, you know, I I know what they're doing and I can hear them saying stuff and I got my eyes closed and I'm praying and I'm trying to stay in faith and I'm trying to believe and, you know, and I'm, you know, I just remember that time. And I'm thinking, Lord, if I come home to be with you, I mean. I guess there could be worse places to go. <laughs> I can think of one. <laughs> I ain't going there. That, that party's been canceled due to fire. I'm not going there. <laughs> but, I mean, I was telling her, she, she got down in my face, and she was, you know, those pretty eyes were looking at mine, and, and I was telling her, like, you know, you tell the, you know, I'm saying stuff like tell the kids I love them, tell them that God will take, you know, I was just, and she's like, you're not going anywhere. Why? Because her perspective is, I'm going to line this up with God. He called us to do something. It's not done yet. You can't go. And I'm like, okay, I'm in agreement with that. So I stuck around. (sighs) You're welcome. (laughs) I know I got people in this building that have faith today. When Jairus came to Jesus asking if he could come and heal his daughter, others told him, forget it, she's dead. And that was the world talking. You can't do that. Nobody does that. You can't pray for people like that. But Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. So he's helping Jairus. He's telling you, look, if you believe, this can happen. Because fear would cancel out faith. Belief releases miracle working power. When a situation comes your way that can allow fear, make the decision no matter what happens, you will refuse to fear. I'm not going to get afraid. You'll be like PK and just be like, I'm, no. We're not doing this. It's not happening. When a bad report comes, say out loud, I refuse to fear. Fear, you will not stay. You go in Jesus' name. Overcome unbelief by rejecting the spirit of fear in your life. And if you mess up and you speak doubt, what do you do? You start over. You repent. You just say, Father, I break that word. I negate that spoken word. I get in agreement with what your word says in Jesus' name. Don't let unbelief be the last word about a situation. Start If you're, you want to get out of debt, then start believing you're going to get out of debt. Put your hand to working on that. If you want to believe uh, you receive every bill is going to be paid, then start seeing them paid. Count them up. Add them up and then write yourself a, a check and put it in a, on your dresser. And you can look at that check and say, that's the money I'm believing for to pay every one of these debts off. Believe you're healed and made whole. See yourself healed and made whole and believe it and begin to confess it. Put your hand to whatever he tells you to do. Number three, and our last one for this morning, overcome unbelief by believing in God's love. 1 John 4, 16, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Notice the phrase, believed the love. We have known and believed the love. We're not talking about just any love, but we're talking about the love. Because God is love. We all go, yeah, yeah, I get it. God is love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave us. Uh, Yeah, I get it. But see, God doesn't just have love. He is love. It's a powerful force that he's provided an abundant life for you because of that love. A lot of us don't have faith in that love. We have faith that there's a God, but we don't see that his love can cast out fear. People ask, you know, does God love you? They'd say, most of them would say, yeah, yeah, I know he loves me. But they don't really believe it. There are people that love God loves me. Why would he send anybody to hell? God's not going to send you to hell. If you don't accept him, you'll send yourself. He's given you a choice. We just, we just take everything generally. But just don't, you know, the disciples had issues. When the disciples were on the ship, it was threatened by a member of the storm. Jesus was asleep, they woke him up. We're gonna drown, don't you even care? Basically, that's what they're saying. And that's unbelief. You might say, well, Bretton, what? He told them what they were going to do, Mark 4, 35, just verses before. He said, when the evening came, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. They forgot that. He's telling, I'm in the boat, we're going to go to the other side. They forgot that because circumstances were telling them, we're not going to make it to the other side. But the love who is God, who is love, said, I beg to differ with the circumstances. Because circumstances can talk loud and they will drown out the word in your life unless you give it perspective. That's where we get it wrong. We don't put God's word first. People often say and think things just like the Israelites did. They, God sent Moses. They gave Moses fits. They blame Moses for stuff and all kinds of things. And, I mean, God delivered them again and again. We, we're tired of manna. We want food. They, they had quail Till they got sick. <laughs> we're tired of quail. People say a lot of things. I guess called me, God called me into ministry so I could die in this miserable place. You know, I believe you have to be poor to truly serve. We've had people tell us that. You know, God wants you poor. That's how you can serve him. Serve him poor. Okay, show me where that is. It's not there. Maybe God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson. Our first baby was a stillborn. had people telling us, well, God picks the prettiest flowers for his bouquet. That's not right. Well, there's a reason why God, God doesn't do that. God doesn't kill people. The enemy does that. John 10, 10. Steal, kill, and destroys from the enemy. God who is love, listen to me, has never, never put sickness on anyone but Jesus. Jesus was on the cross. He put all of that on him. All of the sickness that you could ever have, ever experience in this lifetime, COVID, whatever else they come up with. Jesus took all of that. He didn't put it on anybody. He put it on him. So it could be paid for. He has never put poverty on anybody but Jesus. Love who is God, hates sin and its horrible offspring. Sickness, disease, weakness, pain, poverty. But he has great compassion for those that love him and they're sick or they don't know and they're poor and he'd just say, silver and gold I don't have but such as I have. That's what Peter told. And that lame man gets up and walks. God's here to bring you life. Mark 11, 22 says, Have faith in God. Have faith in His love. Receive His love. Believe His love. Believe the goodness. Believe the mercy endures forever. Now I've got, I'm almost finished. I, I've got a prayer. If you've struggled with unbelief, here's a prayer just to help you. Now I'm just going to say it. Um, well, I'll, I'll read it. You can pray it. And then if that's something that you want to do, okay? So let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, forgive me in the name of Jesus for ever causing any grief to the Holy Ghost through unbelief, anger, strife, or in any way thinking outside of your love. I receive your forgiveness. I ask that you help me overcome unbelief. Help me to believe your word above any other source in the world, above what my body tells me, above what the doctors tell me, above what friends or family tell me, above what the Internet tells me. Don't you know there's Internet doctors? But anyway, Help me to refuse to fear when fear is trying so hard to come upon me. Help me to know and fully accept and receive the love you have for me because you are love. Help me to honor your commandment to believe on the name of Jesus and to love others as he gave commandment. I receive it. I'm committed. Thank you for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we got through that, but sometimes talking about stuff like this is a little tougher little tougher to do because we all deal with things and we've all have those but if you're going through something and it doesn't line up with the word then just give it to the Lord give it to the Lord somebody tells you something and it kind of jerks your chain a little bit go to God in prayer I'm going to come down here because I'm going to be down here to pray for anybody that needs it but one of my favorite scriptures is You know, Jesus is going to raise Lazarus. And there's a whole story behind that. I'm not going to go into all that. But he says this in front of everybody. He's praying and he says, Father, you hear me. You always hear me. I absolutely love that. I can't tell you how much that ministers to me. There's never a cry that you ever come out of your mouth that he doesn't hear. When you're really hurt, he knows when you're really hurt. I remember as a little boy, Mike Miller was my best friend, lived across the street. And, uh, I mean, we we did a lot of things like, you know, you'd challenge somebody. I dare you, I double dog dare you, triple dog dare you. Well, you know those things on the swing set that go like this? I don't know what they're called, but they're... <clears throat> I don't know why I thought I could do this but Mike had put, got up and hung upside down on the, on the swing set and flipped his legs over and stood up I got this brilliant idea that I could do that and sit in one of those chairs I'd just come down and sit in one of those chairs you know how my mind works Okay? I'm the guy with the cape that decided I could fly down 15 flights. Yeah, I did. So <laughs> I did it. Well, I didn't do it, but I when I flipped over, I played pinball all the way down. And I cracked my head open. There was I mean, probably a and I mean I knew I was in trouble because I could I felt stuff running down my face and I looked at my friend and he was like and I was okay until I went like this and went like that and when I went like that I went ah! <laughs> and I ran across the street and I was screaming my head off and I'd like to say I went across the street like I was Mel Gibson or something and been like sew it up but I don't know how old I was but I, I still in my mind I saw my dad come out of the the front door. He busted that door almost like it was going to fly off the hinges. And he came out off the porch. And he was, because there was something in my cry that told him, he's not just hurt, he's hurt. And my mom was right behind him. And they ran over to me. And, you know, the next thing I know, we were going to the ER and they sewed my head up. (laughs) nothing's wrong with me to this day. (laughs) But that gives me the example of life. Things happen. Because you are not in control of everybody's free will or certainly the enemy does anything he can. But he hears me. I know he hears me. And if you could rely on that, just believe this preacher today. No matter what you're going through, he hears you. He didn't cause it, but he hears you. He will help mend it, but he hears you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?